0: I'm your host, Katie Halper. And I'm Matt Well, Taibbi. I'm one of the, I'm one of the, I'm your one and only host, Katie Halper. And my, and here I am to introduce my sidekick, who's auditioning for the role, Matt Taibbi.
1: Katie Halper and friends. Mm-hmm. And friend.
0: Yeah, Katie Helper <laughs> and friend. <laughs> my one friend, yeah.
1: So yeah, I'm, I think I'm Matt Taibbi, right? That's my line. I
0: think so. That That's who you are this week, right? How yeah. are you feeling about being Matt Taibbi, as you asked me? The other day about myself.
1: Well, it, it's tax I mean, about day, being so Katie is... Helper,
0: not about being Matt Taibbi.
1: Right. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about being Katie Helper.
0: Yeah. There's that'd a lot of That would be a hard,
1: be harder question yeah. to answer. We I, should
0: uh... very narcissistically just rate how we're feeling about ourselves every week. <laughs> what could, why are you between one and ten? Where are you right now?
1: Probably a six. Oh no! How about you? I
0: still haven't gotten to the, I don't totally understand the concept. So I'm struggling
1: with it but how you're feeling about yourself
0: yeah i guess is it like about myself or about how happy i am in general i'm in a good mood i'll say that okay i mean that's that's probably yeah. pretty
1: close to what i was asking i don't know yeah
0: and matt you got your second vaccine
1: yes yes that... i just got it so i'm yeah. uh, apparently many people get sick after this yeah. second shot so i'm, I'm probably uh, it's gonna happen right maybe even as we're doing During this yeah could be good you it have could be to good if, unless moment. you're
0: it could be, yeah. Maybe you can go into anaphylactic shock. Do you have no, anyone no, there I as didn't your contact? Just get it. Do you have anyone? You never know. You no. you should actually. Yeah, I should I have I actually that. have
1: a doctor in the house, so it's. Okay. Oh right,
0: yeah. It's like a robo doctor. He has he rents a security guard and a doctor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I made that up. Can we reveal? Well, you're you have three kids under the ages of what? Seven. Okay, so I'm not going to say who the doctor is, but Matt has a wife and three kids under the age of seven. You do the
1: math. One of them's a doctor.
0: One of them's a doctor. <laughs> We're going to each week, guys, tweet at us. Use the hashtag UsefulIdiotsPod. Tell us who you think the doctor is.
1: Which one, which person in Matt's house is a, yeah. is a doctor? It could be me too. It could, yeah. I have yeah. one in my house right now. You do? Yeah. A medical doctor? Yeah, I have two.
0: Excellent. Well, actually, I have two doctors. One is a PhD and one is a, an MD. So we could both get
1: sick right now and it'd be all right. It'd be
0: totally fine. Yeah. And then I could also be distracted by some Virginia Woolf, which is what my mom, oh, I gave it away, what the PhD wrote
1: her thesis on. Ah, okay. Your her mom PhD. wrote a PhD on uh, her, her PhD yeah. should, on should Virginia Woolf?
0: Yeah, at Columbia. Huh. Wow. She was That's part of that great Jewish working class trajectory from city college to Columbia university and her passion. She's, she's a
1: novelist
0: and then a journalist. And she actually, we should have her on. We should have all of our parents on.
1: <laughs> should have my dad interview your mom.
0: Yeah. That would be, then, be like
1: a, like time travel useful idiots basically. Yeah.
0: So. And then my dad is a psychiatrist. So he could like diagnose your, your mom. And what does your mom do? Or,
1: she was she's an attorney.
0: Oh, so then she can cross examine, right? My dad.
1: <laughs> so, Katie, I have a, a new ambition in life, in in my media career, which is that I want Zach and Gavin from the Vanguard podcast. I want them to become the biggest thing on the internet.
0: Well, not the biggest thing on the internet.
1: Absolutely, even bigger. Like no, big, no,
0: bigger. They can be our sidekick of a show. <laughs> okay so it can be
1: useful idiots and friend or friends right? friends but let's only check two. in with this to see what they did this week right. because yeah they did a thing on a, on why we were fired from rolling stone yeah and then we did a thing watching them right watching us and then they did a thing watching, them,
0: watching, watching, watching them. us
1: watching them watching us so now we can do a thing watching them watching us Watching them, watching, watching us. us. yeah. <laughs> so maybe we might be able to. It's like a, it could be like a time machine or like a Doctor Who plot. Yeah. Right? If we, if we yeah. keep doing this long enough, maybe we'll get some kind of a change. Maybe we'll,
0: maybe we'll run into Kurt Loder.
1: How's that for a, a right. callback? What is he again?
0: He's ageless. He's and ageless. so we found him. We found photos of him in cave drawings. We found <laughs> photos fair. of him in, you know, the Stalin drawing. I mean, the Stalin photo. I think right. I even found him in that
1: that At Yalta, right? He was yeah, in the, right. Yeah. If we do this enough, with with the vanguard,
0: yeah, we'll go back in time. We'll
1: eventually find Kurt Loder. Yes, like the that's birth what it of is. Kurt Loader. Yeah, right. It'll yeah. be like Quest for Fire, right? We'll find him like in the the Earth is a primordial soup kind of a thing, right? And yeah, and he's walking around ladling air skin, ladling, right? Yes. Uh, well, anyway, we should, we should watch the clip, right? Yeah. We were
2: on Useful Idiots, bro. Bro, that was fucking crazy. So, for anybody who doesn't <laughs> we were know, on it. I, and, and me, and Gavin, both of us, have been big fucking fans of Useful Idiots. Um, Matt Taibbi's books. Uh, you know, obviously, we're doing the fucking Hate Ink book club right now, and yeah, they fucking uh, di- pulled one of our clips reacting to Did Ro- they take- getting canceled, and they actually reacted oh to it, and it didn't seem like they hated it. So that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't hate, trippy, we didn't hate reacting us right, reacting right. to them. It was pretty wild, pretty trippy stuff. And what I'm about to do here is going to make it even trippier because now it's us looking at them, looking at us, looking at them. So oh, this, is this, looks, <laughs> this is getting crazier going too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was crazy, guys. <laughs> so crazy. I was just chilling last night when this episode dropped. And um, so I forget who it was, but shout out to whoever hit me up on Twitter. Yeah, funniest we, voices in this you know leftist media space a so, great host one of those uh, yeah, people that oh yeah facilitates great conversations I love her live streams because it is just kind of like oh you know I the, you know this is a kind a conversation that I want to be a fly on the wall for yeah exactly exactly she's great at facilitating conversations between different voices interesting voices that you might not expect to see in the same room at the same time uh, but always makes for a lively discussion so, you know huge shout out uh, to Katie, Helper and we're so glad that you guys noticed uh, our coverage of um, Rolling Stones pulling the plug on Useful Idiots. Of course, we think that's so fucked up. And uh, <laughs> we also think it was weird that no one else really covered it. So we we're glad to be the sole um, voice, you know, talking about it. Okay. In, the um, guys, so the in the wilderness. The voices in the wilderness.
1: Can we try to figure out what's going on here? So right now we're watching Th- them. Them on the they're on the left, right? Oh, right yeah.
0: Now? Yeah. And so when we release this, I don't know where we're going to be. Well, Uh, I don't know how we're going to edit it, but it'll probably be, what, us on the sides?
1: Oh, on the sides? Unclear. Where are we going to be?
2: I put you on the bottom.
0: On the bottom? Okay. So So. we're looking up at them. We're looking up. Right? We'll be looking up at them. This is like the Brady Bunch. we got to do a Brady Bunch bunch graphic with this. So we're looking up at them. They're looking a scance. What is it? A scance at us?
1: A scan. looking a scance? Sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's one, two. It's
1: what? So, okay. So, so dad, Mike is in the bottom.
0: We're going to look We're going to have to
1: coordinate with them. Yeah. We, we want to look up. We want them probably to look yeah. down or maybe they can look to the, how is it going to work? I mean,
0: we can go back to it. I don't, I think it's a lot to to ask us to memorize it. Right. And then tell it, I mean, it's a very griot kind of assignment, very oral tradition of right. telling history, but what we can do is we can go back to it and then email them some screenshots and then, yeah,
1: we'll do it that right. way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, At the very least, yeah, we can do different. They'll be
0: looking up, down, left, right, stuff like that. Yeah. And then Bodhi will show up in the center instead of Alice.
1: Instead of Alice, right, exactly. That's a good idea. Yeah.
0: I like the way they said we we were on Useful Ideas. It makes it sound like we interviewed them.
1: Right, yes. They could say
0: that they should have that in their body. You know, it should be like, we've appeared on shows such as, yeah. Yeah. They probably will appear on lots of shows because lots of shows are going to do this. It's such a good thing that they did. Absolutely. Like the left watching the left. Shout out to them. I mean, no one else will touch the story of what happened to us, of why Rolling Stone ended things with us. Just and by the way... running from it. Just running from it. Won't touch it with a six-foot pole. But I got to say something. Our revealing our opposition to starving Yemeni children put that whole thing on the map. And I'm just saying that 80 Democrats and other people, but a lot of Congress people... And our guest Marianne Williamson, little spoiler alert, signed a letter asking Biden to uh, end the blockade. And you know, you know why that happened because we Cause, uh... spoke to the 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 plight. We we were we were on the fence, and then we got off the fence. And this is why we left Rolling Stone. This is why we quit and ripped up our contracts. Well, I didn't have a contract, but why you ripped up your contract? You stood behind Rolling Stone's chief. You guys didn't see it, um, but he did the Nancy Pelosi thing. He took his contract and ripped it up.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. Performatively.
0: Yeah, and then he also went like this. He did the clapping behind the the guy. Yeah, and the, when I say the guy, I mean Mohammed bin Salman, because Rolling Stone we now know is run by
1: Saudis, and we and we like that, right?
0: No. Well, we did at first because we, we like first because okay. we you honestly I'm gonna be real. I never liked the short kid thing. I kind of, I wanted to speak to your, I wanted to see you. I wanted you to be seen. I wanted to hear your truth. And I wanted to hold the space for you, basically. When you pointed out that, you know, the good thing about start about the war against Yemen is that short kids, when they're short, they don't bite you in dangerous places.
1: I was the person who made that up. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. I think maybe I mentioned they were short and you were the one who saw the silver lining of it, which is just what you do in life in general. You're like so positive, power of positive thinking. That's Matt Taibbi. And now you you just
1: want to center my concerns. Yeah, so I was
0: centering your concerns, yeah. But so we
1: were on the fence
0: about it because I was being an ally to Matt and his appreciation of short children. But I like chubby children, and we could no longer stand by something that was getting in the way of chubby kids. And obviously, just a little aside, obviously, we do think this is horrible, which is why we talk about it in general on the show but we're gonna go back to playing the sociopaths who just care about um, cute, the cuteness factor. But I just think that may, our, our raising this issue and our, our being really vulnerable and saying that it was our saying, no, we will not support the war against Yemen, I think really um, in, in, it emboldened people to write this letter to Biden.
1: You, you know what it's like? It's like when the, when the Democrats realized finally that, they, that they, there was no need to try to reach across the aisle that it just wasn't going to work. They're not going to get those votes. So now that's why they're 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 transformative. Uh, the Biden administration is transformative right. because they've they've given it. They've they've given up. You know, trying to compromise, and they're just being themselves. And that's right. the same thing that we're doing. We, we've stopped. Compromising oh right, we stopped
0: trying to to make the Saudis and the Yemenis and Rolling right. Stone happy. We are just following our our moral moral compass. Right, and it points away from. Uh, cholera and famine. We had to do some rejigging of it, but that's where we wound up. You know, I remind ourselves of, you know who we remind, of, you, know who we remind <laughs> of, you know who we remind ourselves of or we remind me of?
1: Allow myself to introduce myself. Yes,
0: please. Um, righteous Gentiles. Do you know who righteous Gentiles were?
1: No.
0: They were the, Christ- the Gentiles who hid Jews during the Holocaust. Uh-huh. And I feel like there's something there. There's some parallel between those people. And by the way, thank you. Uh, between those people and what we're doing with the Yemenis, with the Yemeni children. This we're is the great, righteous it? Americans. Yeah. So anyway, as we revealed in the last thing, Rolling Stone would not refuse to uh, grant my demand that Assad, um, Bashar al-Assad, be the third host. That just led to a major war between us and Rolling Stone and then basically what we're doing is we're offering Rolling Stone another chance to to have us back I think they're they're getting called out on their Saudi connections but we are the only way we'll come back is not only if we have Bashar but if we have a, a Yemeni child right so our th- two co-hosts and before I because I'm in touch with Bash, uh, he'd agreed to not he agreed to not need any you know to do it for free but now right. full salary, for both him and Yemeni kid, and Yemeni kid paid in full salary in in Snickers.
1: Oh, did we? Was the
0: Snickers well? We didn't things? specify the candy. That's right, me I being. I need, I need to center them in their taste. So, well, first we're going to talk to him or her. We haven't picked them out yet. Right. <laughs> They're auditioning. They're sending in videos. They're sending in audition tapes.
1: Oh man, this is terrible. So terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. But the funny thing is, so this is our our, our very serious demand yeah. was that we. You have Asan on as the third host, and then we have a, a, a sh- short and chubby... Well, no,
0: not chubby yet. That's how not they're going to get We're, chubby. They're going to get yeah. chubby
1: with the full time salary, salary yeah. that Rolling Stone is going to pay us. So uh, once we put that out there, then it people, became a fact. Yeah, it became internet. a
0: fact. And like we got you know called out, and you know people just wanted to document that. So Oz Kydergy, I guess he watched our show... Last week's show. Thank you for the the clicks or the downloads. And he tweeted: Katie Halper and Matt Taibbi confirmed in a recent podcast that they were both fired from Rolling Stone because of their pro Assad views and war crimes revisionism. And, and and my response to that was: Me on why we left Rolling Stone. They wouldn't agree to our demand that Bashar al-Assad be our third host. And we like chubby kids, so we could no longer engage in pro Saudi propaganda. As Halper and Taibbi have confirmed, they were fired over Syria.
1: In all seriousness, a little bit of fourth wall. Yeah, Uh, stuff here. This, this guy actually led a a letter writing sort of campaign. Like when we first started the show, we had I think we had Max Blumenthal on. Yeah, of course. He and a whole bunch of other people were protesting so uh, dramatically to Rolling Stone that that we had had this guest on that, you know, they were demanding our firing and all kinds of other things. And of course, they didn't do that. So it's. They didn't fire us, right? It's just, it's just that's just worth noting uh, as part of the right. context of this really yeah. nice. So
0: it's from, it's, I guess maybe they think they're, that Rolling Stone, it finally caught
1: up. It just finally caught up. Oh, with they them. just got the email.
0: Oh, they just got the email. Yeah. That's
1: what happened.
0: They just, maybe they, just or they got maybe it. they had Oz blocked because he's so annoying and then he just saw it. I'm not sure, but yeah.
1: So it, it like, it, it was like a sort of a game of telephone. It's, it, it got to them through some. Right circuitous route right after a year or so yeah and that
0: and the hammer came down on us
1: because of Oz. that was it so
0: if you if you guys want to hire someone to to lobby for your cause just hire this person a year earlier i do want to say that i appreciate that oz put my name first in his tweet no not really but i'm a little annoyed because i found out from you he follows you he he blocked you Mm-hmm. And he doesn't block me, which I'm just calling it out—pretty sexist.
1: Hmm. Yeah, like
0: I'm not a threat, but you are.
1: Possibly, I don't know. I don't know we'll, what. We'll, other. we'll have to ask him what what that's about. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oz, so come we, on the show. We,
1: we demand that you that you block Katie.
0: Block me, you coward!
1: <laughs> and and we would never respond to something like that in an immature fashion right. so we, we clearly won't do something yeah no gags or anything uh, no, no no gags with the yeah. syria people because they they are quite energetic on the internet I have they to are give very you a...
0: energetic so you tweeted at him by the way you wrote oz your ear for satire is unfailing if you're going to report this do it accurately rolling stone refused our request to hire Assad as a third host and oz writes back Sure Matt, it's always satire. You crack jokes while your guests cover up atrocities. Rolling Stone had enough, so you crack some jokes about that too. You're the punchline though. Now that Matt has me. Now that Matt has quote tweeted me, the mentions are swamped. The mentions are swamped. What is he talking about? Sounds like, mention, that, that sounds like some weird biblical shit. Sounds like find
1: the rationale a little
0: Yeah, bit. find the rationale. Yeah. The, the mentions, mentions are, are swamped.
1: swamped. That, that's, okay, we got to
0: use see. that. That uh, would be a great tagline t- for the show. Useful good, idiots. The, the mentions are, are
1: swamped. The mentions are swamped. I think that's a t shirt idea. We got to yeah, write that down. Definitely. Yeah. We got to write that down. The mentions
0: are swamped with people going, actually, Assad is innocent, you head chopper. This is the sewage he piped straight onto Rolling Stone's platform. It's kind of a mixed metaphor, isn't it? This is the sewage he piped straight onto Rolling Stones'
1: platform. Yeah. Well, you could pipe something onto a platform, probably, right?
0: Yeah, you could. Yeah, a I guess liquid, so. Yeah.
1: Right? yeah.
0: Yeah. Someone wrote a good response. If you literally believe that Katie Holmes and Matt Taibbi asked us on to be the third host of Useful Idiots, I got some beachfront property in Arizona. I'll sell you. He not is exactly a head. He's is. not a head chopper, but he supports head chopper head chopping. I would say As? anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's where he comes down. On the Syria question. So, what are our T-shirts again?
1: Find the rationale.
0: Yeah, find the rationale. The My mentions. Men- the, the, mentions the mentions are swamped. The mentions are swamped. Yeah. Is there, was
1: there a third one?
2: How about block Katie Helper, you coward?
0: Block Katie Helper, you coward. Or we could be more generous and just make block me, you coward, is
1: pretty good, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna put the the T-shirt ideas list. Yeah.
0: So for today's show, we have an amazing guest, a return guest, very inspiring, Marianne Williamson. She, of course, was a presidential candidate. She is a best-selling author. She has her own podcast, and she's also hosting the Progressive Candidates Summit. She also is now a columnist at Newsweek, which is very exciting. She's a much-needed voice. And you can find out more about her at Marianne.com. And also, you can follow her on Twitter at... Mar Williamson. That's M A R Williamson. And make sure you check out her Progressive Candidates Summit, uh, and that's just at progressivecandidatesummit.com dot com.
1: We're very pleased to introduce the woman that the AV AV Club calls the aunt who won't tell anyone if she catches you smoking weed before Thanksgiving dinner. So
0: much more than that, but yes, that, right, I like that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She may smoke it with you. Well, very excited to have uh, Marianne back on the show, Marianne Williamson. Thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you. It's always fun to be with you.
0: And just so people know, uh, Marianne and I did not coordinate wearing blue. Um, <laughs> we we don't we can't say the same thing for um, uh, Aljolani and Martin Smith, a callback to the journalist and uh, the moderate rebel formerly known as uh, terrorist Aljolani and Martin Smith, who were wearing matching blazers and shirts. But anyway, if you guys want to respond uh, and tell us if they were planned, if you guys went shopping together or if it was coincidence, please do feel free to reach out to the show. But Marianne, on more progressive fronts, can you tell us about the uh, Progressive candidate Summit that you're organizing and why you're organizing it?
3: You know, sometimes we wonder, uh, why can't we get more progressive policies passed in Congress. Why can't there be more policies that actually support working people in the United States? The reason is because more working people aren't in Congress. And the reason they aren't is because they aren't people who can self-fund. They aren't people who are connected in terms of corporate donations, in terms of other relationships, both professional and personal, which will help them win the primaries, much less win their races. And the establishment, even within the Democratic Party, the suppression and peripheralization of progressives is as active a, um, a trend on the level of congressional seats as it is on, obviously on the, on the presidential. So I have a lot of personal as well as political admiration and, um, and, and feeling for some of these people. The only way that we are going to be able to override the the huge gargantuan regressive forces in this country is through a, a massive uprising of citizen activism. And it has to be at the polls. Now, those aggressive forces know that the only place they have to worry about is the polls. That's why they are putting out all these voter suppression laws. So I want to do whatever I can. Uh, when I start my own campaign, I promised I would continue doing what I could to support these policies. And that means supporting candidates who stand for these particularly progressive policies. And particularly, as I said, people who are working class people, they do not um, have the kind of connections that we normally associate these days with being able to really get in there and, and play the game. So there are all these people around the country and I have 16 on the list for the, uh, candidate summit. Um, And I want to do what I can to introduce them to people, because so many times people talk about politicians like they're a different species because they don't know them enough. They don't know them as people, not only the people who are serving, some of whom are really cool people, but also the people who would if they had the kind of support. So any little thing I can do, the Candidate Summit is a way that we have 13 congressional candidates right now, two of them are senatorial candidates, one's a gubernatorial candidate. And uh, they're very vetted, you know, for real progressive, not only policies, but real intention to not only talk about it, but do something about it once they get there. And uh, I will add more if, uh, you know, if and when more present themselves, and I feel I could help make a difference for them.
0: It could be like the opposite of a, an eliminationist reality TV show where
3: you get rid of people you could add each week. They yeah,
1: give, give a rose to the new person. Yeah, yeah.
3: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, if they, you know, somebody tweets, look into this person. And yeah. I was talking to Matt earlier about how Howie Klein, uh, who, who writes the Down With Tyranny blog, is a bit of a mentor of mine, as are you, whether you know it or not, Matt. But Howie is someone I was telling Matt that if you say to Howie, you mentioned out of 435 congressmen and, you know, 100 senators, I, I say, what about this one? He tells me, this is what they say they stand for. This is how they actually vote. And this is who donates to them. So I would say to these people who wanted to be in the candidate summit, if you can get past how you can get past me, because I'm kind of like, Oh, I just love who they are. And he he really talks to people. So, you know, these are people who are really the real deal, man. We should get, Oh, sorry. I hope you will. If you were going to finish that sentence, get some of them. I hope you will.
1: And and where do people go if they want to follow or
3: candidatesummit.com. Candidatesummit.com
0: You should have a hashtag so people can uh, suggest people Yeah,
3: like, that would you know, be good because right now I
0: just love people always suggesting yeah. uh, that hashtag Let's see, Ooh. we can make it up now um, uh, How about Prague, Prague Prague Summit? Someone suggested progressive candies, which is good too
1: Oh, I like that okay, pr-
0: So that's P-R-O-G
3: C-A-N-D-I-E-S Okay, thank you That's good, that's a great idea
0: discussion with what's happening in uh, Yemen is an important one. Oh, well, the Dems are dragging their feet though we have to do mm-hmm. a whole other episode on that yeah
3: more than dragging their feet and this is another example of what we were talking about early with Biden he came in he said we're All gonna right. put it uh, we're gonna put the aerial support that the United States was giving to uh, Saudi Arabia and the prosecution of the war we're gonna put that on pause and then everybody got oh we're so excited we're so excited we're not gonna help Saudi Arabia kill Yemeni children anymore and then the conversation drops because, so, oh, it's so exciting. Meanwhile, the blockade, the uh, the blockade against Yemen, four hundred thousand children could die, really? and
1: they just they, they denied it's even happening.
3: Uh, Blinken says nothing. Biden right. says nothing. Mm-hmm. And to pretend that this is not an offensive, part of an offensive, that, that's right. how they get out of it. It's not offensive, but it right. is. Right. And they're also saying, we don't want to talk about it because it could be used as part of our nego- their negotiation. You shouldn't use starving children uh, as, a, as, a, as a pawn in a negotiating, as a negotiating factor. You know, everybody talks about I remember during the during uh, the campaign. Well, you have to be an expert in this or an expert in that. Foreign policy is such an example. We have foreign policy experts. We just don't have foreign policy principles. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's what um, I think the Quincy Institute is trying to do. Be a left foreign policy think tank. I mean, they are that, but they're trying to you know develop it.
3: And the Friends Committee, Hassan uh, Elayoubi, uh, who's who's the uh, Middle East uh, person there. They're they're great. People, we don't lack uh, on any level in the United States, a dearth of geniuses. I mean, we don't have a dearth of geniuses. We don't have a dearth of good ideas. We don't have a dearth of people who know how to interrupt the pattern uh, the, the, of death, you know, the, the death star. We know we have people in every area, whether it has to do with the corruption or our food supply, our water, our agriculture, military, economics, education. We We have the people who would know what to do. But the status quo will not disrupt itself. There's too much money to be made. And the institutional uh, forces of resistance to allowing the people who have great things to say and great gifts to give is, is stunning. And the only, as I see it, the only answer is if enough American people wake up. And I do think it's happening. It's just, will it happen fast enough? It's funny. You know,
0: how are they phrasing? What are they calling the kids in cages now? They have another word for it.
1: Migrant facilities, I think is the. Yeah. yeah,
0: But it's like, you know, in some ways the Dems are good at that Frank Luntzian stuff. It's just they're not good at it for for doing good. They're good at it for covering their asses. Yeah.
3: We're not supposed to call it a crisis. We're supposed to call it a challenge. I do think they have. I think they have far better intentions. They're, yeah, they're not um, trying to separate children from parents, as literally as a specific intentional policy of deterrence.
0: Right, but they are. They do use. I mean, I think we can point out both, right? Which is that they are worse. The Republicans are worse. The Democrats hide hide it more and are good at certain PR optics and wokeifying. Well,
3: the one that blows my mind is how three weeks ago. We were told that Kamala Harris was going to be taking charge right, of yeah. the root causes of the immigration crisis at the border. First of all, she hasn't gone down there, and she needs to do more than go down there. She's really in charge of the root causes. She should be taking a tour of Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador yeah. about now. And but maybe, we were told, yeah. oh, I mean, this
0: right? Yeah, there's no right. The the root sources are things that they'll never talk about. Because that They're clearly
1: impact. cognizant of it because they, they treated vaccines for in, increased enforcement in you know, Mexico. Right. Well,
3: Yeah, Mexico and yeah. Canada, but not the, some of the countries that need it most. I remember on, in the first debate, I said something like, well, I haven't heard you guys say anything about American foreign policy in Latin America. And I remember seeing Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren look at each other like, <laughs> You just say that?
0: Yeah. Well, Bernie had a little. Warren not at all. But
3: just the fact that I said it. Right, right,
0: right. Yeah. No, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then remember how he got dragged for for going to Nicaragua? Yeah. So ridiculous. Anyway, do you? How's your relationship with Bernie? Are you guys? Well, I don't
3: have any real relationship with him. I had a, a wonderful. Uh, I had been a big supporter back in 2016, very early, and there had been this. The scene in Los Angeles that was really, uh, I'll tell you something you might appreciate, actually, was very early in the 2016 situation. I had him speak. I used to do these conferences called Sister Giant Conferences. I had never met Bernie before, but I was a huge fan. And so I asked Bernie if he would speak at the conference. And his people obviously were just starting to put out their tentacles, right? So he said yes. And it was in Los Angeles. So we're in this hotel ballroom. A lot of people, there about 1,500 people. Bernie gave this very Bernie talk. And then I had come up on the stage during they were doing the Q&A. Somebody says to him, Bernie, are you going to run for president? And Bernie says, if I do, would you be there? (laughs) would you be there right because he's checking it out he wants to know would you really be there so the whole room stands up yell yeah yeah we're mad we're not gonna take it and I say stop and Bernie doesn't know me and Bernie's kind of surprised I say stop I say if I were Bernie I would not be that excited by what you just did you just got an adrenaline rush It was like you threw white sugar candy bars at him. We're gonna start this thing over again, please. I'd like everyone to sit down and this is going to be done in silence and we're going to start over. The question is this, the question is if Bernie Sanders runs for president, will you really be there. Not will you jump up and down? Yeah. Will you work it? Will you get online? Will you talk to people? Will you send money? Will you really, really, really make it happen? And please think about this because I only want you to say yes, if it's really true. And then the way I want you to say yes, please, and this is done in silence. If you get to the point where there's a real yes for you and the level of support for Bernie Sanders to run, please stand up. And the room at first, slowly people would like stand up and there would be the most beautiful things. Some people would just stand up and go like this. I remember one man who went like this. (laughs) <laughs> so for just, people and,
0: just listening that was the peace sign and, and every the best. whole room
3: stood yeah. up the whole wow. room it was like but they got it like and it was so profound actually and I remember I actually have a photograph of Bernie looking back at me
0: <laughs> yeah he must have been like what What the hell are you doing Marianne
3: no he got yeah. it It yeah. was the whole room got it the whole room got it it was very profound and then something else he did when I was first running like the first debate Jane kind of looked at me like, why, why are you here? Really? But huh. And you could tell his body, but she did not remain that way. Yeah. Know, please don't get me wrong. I, I, they just didn't understand. They were not rude. They just didn't get it. The more they heard me speak, the more they changed. And then one day, when it got really bad, when the attacks on me, when the crystal lady, woo-woo lady, let's make fun of Ann Williamson today, let's lie about Marianne Williamson today, was at such height. It was the New Hampshire Democratic Party Convention. Mm -hmm. and I was, there were a lot of people there and I was walking down the hall and Bernie was coming towards me and he was surrounded by a a real entourage. And I said, hi, Bernie. And he didn't hear me, but apparently somebody must've told him, oh, we just passed Marianne Williamson. He made a U-turn, a quick U-turn. He took me under his shoulder, Real he said, are you okay? Don't let that liberal bullshit get to you. (laughs) great
1: that is fantastic wow. all right that that's our viral cl- clip right there yeah
3: that's the mensch the mensch that's the mensch and he hugged me so tight don't let that liberal bullshit get to you great. <laughs>
1: well i was gonna ask what what was the big uh your big takeaway or lesson from the the run um your, your presidential run but that sounds like a pretty good one uh,
3: i should have fought back i right. fought harder Every time they wrote an art, did an article, I should have gotten on Facebook Live and. Yeah, and, I heard uh, you
0: in, in on the Kyle Crystal Kyle and Friends podcast talk about how that was a big mistake that you made. Well, you you said that you got bad advice on it. You said that in your gut you knew.
3: Well, and, uh, listen, I believe I'm 100 percent responsible. So sure, when sure, I sure. Say right. I was you weren't advised, blamed. it was. Still, right.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. Still, yeah you, and you. I was told
3: don't speak to it because that brings attention to it, which is ridiculous because the attention was there.
0: Right. No, but I think that is a calculation that's sometimes hard to make. Like, do you bring it up? Um, it, it's. I think there must be some some uh, math on it. Well, it there must was, be some formula, right? When it gets to this level of exposure.
3: It was so ubiquitous. And right. I, you know, I can't be sure it would have made that much difference, but it was successful at making certain people think they were too smart to come hear me. People who came to hear me, as you know, uh, Matt, you were uh, the day we met in in Iowa. People who actually came to hear me heard something different than they had led to believe that they would hear, and were very acknowledging of it, and sometimes in very kind of emotional ways.
2: How
1: much of that of those attacks do you think were organic, and how much of it was just? inertia with the way the press behaves or, or uh, how much it was like astroturfing. I mean, have you parsed all that out? And in the moment, was it just overwhelming? Like uh, you just weren't prepared for that level of, uh, of attack?
3: Well, it was calculated mm-hmm. uh, smear. There was nothing organic about it. it. It started three days later, I think Perez lifts an eyebrow and Anderson Cooper gets on and handles it. So uh, within three days, the same words were everywhere. The same words, it's like something out of the middle ages and the witches, right? She's dangerous, she's crazy. Um, I never made an anti-vax statement but I questioned mandatories and in a crude way, I admit that. Um, I mean, there were certainly little things that you could take out of context or that I spoke in a way that I shouldn't have. Nothing that was fundamental to my message about any of those things, whether it had to do with big pharmaceutical companies, antidepressants, a vaccine, nothing would I take back what my actual message was. But if somebody takes a little sentence and is willing to do what they're willing to do, yes, I was appalled by it because I found how many people really didn't wanna hear what the truth was. Or if, once again, the main problem was people thinking they were too smart to even come hear me. So if you don't have a chance to really say what you believe, and yeah, it was, it was very uh, painful, obviously. It was very painful, but you know what? I want to tell you something about men and women that I think is interesting. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I regret getting out when I got out because I could have stayed through New Hampshire. And uh, I think some people would have been surprised by some things, but I have to tell you, there was a difference between what my male friend said to me and what my female friend said to me. Hmm. It was, there was definitely a gender difference. My female friends were, oh, you're in such pain. Let it go. My male friends were, do not get out. There's still time on the clock. Joe Lewis regretted whoever Joe, I don't even, I don't know sports, but they were all using sports analogies. He regretted till the day he died. He didn't get up one last time. And I've thought a lot about that. And I needed more people to say, get up and get out there and fight. Um, so much of my life had been about becoming gentler. I wasn't prepared for something where I needed to be tougher.
1: Wow. That's, That's a great yeah. message. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: All these sports. And I said, I don't know the game. But they kept me, You had this right, many people. Exactly, from yeah. the yard line. Yeah. You're sports. like, I don't know anything just about another it. Another
3: analogy, please.
0: Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's also because women are just used to that kind of treatment. And so they're more resigned. Uh, and men were kind of outraged on your behalf
3: that's why i'm so you know now i know how to just
1: block somebody
3: you know oh you hate me right (laughs) oh darling
1: well i mean not not to pay a compliment to the men but that that was something that trump clearly figured out about how the internet works which is that when they throw something at you you just throw it back at them and just pretend it didn't happen and
3: well the way the media works as you know sometimes the truth is not what they're interested in. And I, it was so interesting with reporters and interviewers how, and I'm sure that you had some of this experience when you heard me in in, in Iowa, you didn't know what to think, but you're an ethical journalist. So you reported on what you actually saw and you, when you're on television and you're interviewed by people, it's so interesting because you can see it in their eyes when they see you're not who they might've thought you were, it was interesting. Some people were like, pleased. Well, how nice. Right. Other people, it's almost like I'm sticking to my story, bitch, no matter what you. Think.
1: <laughs> right. Or they have the story written already. They have, just it's already sitting. written. Yeah. Yeah. Right,
3: yeah. Already written. Wanted to ask you a
0: couple things. What you're up to with your podcast, which is great. I want to know what you wanted to tell people about that and why you started it, what you've been focusing on. Um, Also the role of your father in your life and specifically that country he took you guys to. I think a lot of people may not know that story. It's amazing. Uh, And if you remember, because you talk so much about the assassinations of the Kennedys of Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X. uh, If you remember where you were when you heard about those. I
3: do the podcast. I've been doing a podcast. There was, um, you know, I have, To Well, within me, they're integrated. And I think within the society, they're more and more integrated. But in the past, they have not been so integrated in the society. Those of us who are interested in personal transformation and those who are interested in political transformation. And on the um, podcast that I've been doing, there has been, I have felt some pressure to keep it about the more internal transformation. Whereas I also want to do a podcast about them. I want to have Arkin on. I want to have similar on. I want to have... uh, you know, there's been a real resistance to some of the political stuff that I have to put aside a little bit, do uh, other stuff. I'm hoping. actually. Yeah,
1: James Cameron, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah which was great. He, he actually contacted me. So I am kind of going to be redoing the podcast in, in some way so I can do, do both ends a little bit more. In terms of my father, yeah, my father was, you know, he was very much an armchair revolutionary. He used to read Eye of Stone uh, the day that Kennedy was assassinated. He said, the CIA did this. I'm telling you, the CIA did this with Curtis LeMay. And uh, in 1965, I came home from seventh grade one day. And my father, by the way, was a very well-known and very powerful immigration lawyer. And my brother's an immigration lawyer. So I grew up in that world. So I came home from the seventh grade and my social studies teacher had said, if we didn't fight on the shores of Hawaii, no, if we didn't fight in Vietnam, we'd be fighting on the shores of Hawaii, the which dominance. was called the Domino theory, right. right? So my father jumped up and he said, sweetheart, that was my mother, get the visas, we're going to Vietnam those goddamn bastards aren't going to eat my children's brains and goddamn military. And so my mother, who is this really traditional, lovely woman. Oh, Sam, what will these, what will the kids become? You know? And uh, we went to Vietnam. We went to Saigon. Because he wanted us to see bullet holes and he wanted us to see damage and he wanted us to see what the goddamn U.S. got, you know, had done. But, and I was in uh, Behind the Iron Curtain, uh, it was during the time behind the Iron Curtain in sense. But my father, I want to be very clear here, you know, my father fought in World War II. My father was, in my mind, the depth of patriotic American. We had a front, an American flag in the front yard. It was because he was so offended by what those certain things represented. Uh, he was he was, an, you know, he, to the day he died, if you ask my father who he voted for, he said FDR. He'd grown up in deep, po- in real poverty and uh, Franklin Roosevelt was his. So that's the kind that my father was. I remember uh, it was on April 4th, 1968. I was uh, sitting in the den uh, the TV at that time, breaking news meant something. I know you know that from your own childhood <laughs> with your father. Today it means nothing, but there was a time when breaking news meant something really serious had happened. My mother was in the kitchen uh, making dinner, and breaking news was on that uh, Martin Luther King had been killed. And a few minutes later, and my mother was just standing there, stricken, watching the seeing the television. And 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 very shortly, my father—he would come in through the—we call it the utility room today, usually mud room—and I ran up to him, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy! They, somebody shot and killed Martin Luther King. I was born in '52, so 16, 15, 16 years old. And my father looked out into the into the distance, and he said, "Those bastards." And I remember when he said, "Those bastards," looking out into the distance. I think my first question was, "Do you know who killed him, Daddy?" Of course, he didn't know who killed him, but he knew who killed him. He knew what. Ah. And I remember also when Bobby Kennedy was killed and uh, I was in, we were living in Houston, which was two hours later, he was killed in Los Angeles. And I remember going to, falling asleep as I couldn't stay up hoping he would survive, of course, and waking up to the news that he had died. That famous press conference with Menkowitz, right, Joe Menkowitz?
1: Right, right. Well, Marianne, thank you so yeah, much for amazing. coming on. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Thank, thank you. and. Uh,
3: I just wanna say, if I, I, I'd like Pardon. to, may I say one little thing? Of course, yeah. Every time when you know someone who has died, every year it gets a little better. For myself and I think many people of my generation, every year of the, the, the anniversary of the assassination of Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King, it gets worse. Hmm. Because everything we feared would happen when they died has happened. And those who killed them were very successful at stopping the things they were intending to stop. And that's what I hope. And I think that many people my age who do remember want to feel that before we die, we have can play whatever little part we might be able to play in resurrecting the dreams that were our dreams when we were young and the thought that we might die knowing that we didn't really do that is actually scarier to us than the, the idea that they might kill us if we do. Because the, when they killed the students at Kent State, that was the real message there. Those were, those assassinations were, were were loud, unspoken messages to a generation that there would be no further protest. And those kids at Kent State, that was really bringing it home. That was then and this is now. But the through line is very profound.
1: I think you've already done certainly your, your part to help put things back together in, thank you. in some ways so yeah.
3: well I, I have great admiration for both of you and i learned from both of you and i love yeah. both of you so thank you thank you yeah and
0: we 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 didn't even touch the spiritual realm but i'm going to try to convince matt to do um a course in miracles with me
3: your, <laughs> well you know i do those daily uh, lessons every morning yeah. i'll be glad to send them to you yeah we should do it matt
1: all right you're on yeah all right
3: <laughs> i need an
0: accountability buddy
3: I'll, I'll send them if you want yeah yeah Definitely,
1: yeah. Excellent. Thanks All right, well, some... th- thank you so much, Marianne. Thank Thanks you, guys. so much for the time. Thank, thank you.
3: Much,
1: nice Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. She's very smart, and it's funny, you know, and I, I wrote this last, when, when she ran for president, she is completely different from what the yeah. press wrote up about her, actually, uh, and she is very serious, has, has a lot of really interesting ideas, and... And in <laughs>
0: fact, why don't we tell us Let's tell people why we really broke it off with Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, a, a certain journalists at Rolling Stone wrote a very unfair piece. They wrote an article about Marianne Williamson, and it was not flattering. And we gave them. We said, "You retract. You burn. You delete that article." Across you tra- this line, you do not. Well, we gave them. We gave them the Oz, t- t- We gave them the grace period. We gave them All a right. year. Right. And if, you di- if they didn't delete that article about Marianne Williamson, we get said we quit. So, mm-hmm. that all, yeah, that's a real reason. That is. That all is right. the reason of the week. So, guys, here's what you need to do. If you want to see the rest of that interview, if you want to see my special interview with Rania Kallick, please go to usefulidiots.subsec.com. Again, that's usefulidiots.subsec.com, and you get great bonus content. We're going to start doing polls. We're going to start getting feedback from you. We're going to let you give us feedback. If you are a paying uh, listener, viewer, we're going to let you for real, though, have this extended interview with Marion Williamson. The,
1: there are some pretty funny comments on the right that are they're basically telling us how much we suck. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm are they paying pretty... us? Tell no, them to- I don't think so.
0: Oh, well, if they pay us, then we'll read them. If you want us to read your hate mail, that's another thing we're going to do, that if you want us to read your hate mail, become members of Useful Idiots, or we'll put it a Venmo or PayPal so you don't have to support us on the regular- but what should we make people charge for them for us to read
1: their hate mail to us? Uh, like four bucks. Ten. Ten. All right. Yeah. Ten bucks. Ten yeah. bucks, and we'll, and we'll. I'd read some hate mail for ten bucks. Yeah. Well, we're we're splitting it though, so.
0: Oh, tw- let's
1: 30, start with ten.
0: No, let's start with ten. <laughs> yeah. We'll start with ten, and then we'll we'll see how it
1: goes. All right. All right. All right.
0: Thank you and, so much. Make sure you check us out on uh, YouTube. Um, You can subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also subscribe at Substack. So basically for all your needs, fears, wants, everything, just go to usefulidiots.substack.com.